All right, there's coming a day when uh, there is going to be no more sickness, death, or grief. We, we call that day heaven, but it's the day we're looking forward to. That's the day we look forward to as we were taking, we're celebrating communion again a few moments ago. It's, it's that day when we're going to be with Jesus forever. But it started with Jesus' work. When Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago, heaven has been coming to town uh, with healing and new life ever since. If you think it's bad on earth now, you should have seen what it was like before. It was not any better. It was actually worse. It's actually getting better. Not as fast as most of us would like, but some of us are just plain impatient. Miracles happen, though, when Jesus comes to town. Uh, it happened then, and it still happens now. Uh, terminally ill patients are healed. Blind people see. Deaf people hear. People tormented by demons are set free. Dead people live, leave their graves to live again. People who were hateful become loving. People who are mean become kind. It happens. Author Willie James Jennings describes miracles as a sign of a divine retaking, a holy restoration of a wayward creation. See, we as, as followers of Jesus believe that God created the earth, the whole cosmos, and declared that it was good. In fact, he looked at it and said, it's very good. It's exactly what I intended it to be, is what he meant. That was before we decided to do things our own way. Our rebellion against God and our desire to do things our own way warped creation and introduced things like sickness and pain and death. And Jesus' miracles in his life remind us that one day there is going to be a complete retaking and a complete holy restoration of creation. The Apostle John wrote down his vision of what that would be like uh, of heaven coming down to earth to complete God's restoration. Uh, in the last book of the Bible, we call it Revelation. Uh, Revelation 21, he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The old order of things had been replaced. In other words, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. And the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. God is making everything new right here, right now. We've been looking at, uh, we started last week looking at the miracles recorded by Matthew in what we call Matthew chapter 9. And I want to give you the backstory for the, the, the 
miracle, two miracles we're going to look at this morning. Uh, in, in societies 2,000 years ago, before modern medicine, it was, they had some strict codes about what you could and couldn't touch and what to do in, when you came in contact with things that were impure. Some of it was based on superstition and ignorance. Some of it was based on observation. I mean, they weren't as, um, some of it was based on, uh, in the Jewish community, based on revelation from God. But it was, um, sometimes we, we think we're, we're really well advanced. Some of it was based on, you know, they, these people weren't as dumb as we think they were. But some of it was a little strange. Um, it was practical wisdom that helped prevent the spread of disease, at least a little bit. Uh, for the Jewish people, two of the things that were near the top of the list of things to avoid contact with were dead bodies. Makes sense. And, and women who were bleeding. They, they, they blended the physical ideas of cleanliness and spiritual cleanliness, uh, and some took it to an illegalistic extreme. To maintain their cleanness, their, the Pharisees also avoided associating with sinners and tax collectors. So in Matthew chapter 9, uh, right, right in the middle of this chapter where Matthew's talking about miracles, he talks about a miracle of his own where Jesus stops by his tax booth and says, Matthew, follow me. And he does. And he throws a dinner party and he invites the only friends he has. Because the only people that will hand out, hang out with a tax collector are other tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> and they're the only people that will come to a party at his house. And so when the Pharisees saw this, they said to Jesus' disciples, Why does your master eat with tax collectors and those preeminently sinful people? That's the way the Amplified Bible translated it. Uh, the NLT, the New Living Translation, says the scum. The message says crooks and riffraff. To give you a general idea of what they thought of people, those people. I want to hang out with those people. <clears throat> and, and there was another group of people. There, there were people. Well, they were the disciples of John the Baptizer. They, to maintain their cleanliness, their cleanliness, the, they fasted regularly. So did the Pharisees, in fact. And but Jesus' disciples were not fasting, and so they, John's disciples, came came straight to Jesus and said, "Why do we and the Pharisees, by the way, fast often, but your disciples don't fast?" You know, we skip meals pray, and your disciples never skip a meal. In fact, they hang out with sinners and party. What's that about? 
So Jesus is in the process of answering the questions that these people have brought to him. And it tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, as he was saying this, these things, as he was answering their questions, he was interrupted by an emergency. A ruler turns out to be, we can find out from other records of this event, from Matt, Mark, and Luke, that it was a synagogue ruler uh, from Capernaum. The, the ruler came and bowed low before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. This distraught father asked for just one touch of Jesus' hand. <clears throat> where did he get the idea? This is what I want. Every time I read this story, where did he get the idea? that just one touch from Jesus would bring his daughter back to life. I've read through, all the way through the book of Matthew up to this point, and there's no record of Jesus raising a person from the dead. He's healed a lot of people. But there's no record of him. So there's no, no there may be things that happened that I don't know about, that we don't, but so where did he get the idea that if he, Jesus just comes and lays his hand on my dead daughter, she's going to live? And how did he gain so much confidence and faith in Jesus that he would kneel before him and literally beg Jesus for just one touch? Well, Jesus and his disciples are going, and on the way, there's another interruption. Verse 20 tells us, but a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for two years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Just one touch. A secretive, sneaky, behind-his-back touch so that nobody would know. But still, just one touch was all she wanted. It's all she needed. She had faith in Jesus' power to help her. Because it tells us in verse 21, she kept saying to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. But when Jesus turned and saw her, he said, have courage, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed from that hour. With just one touch, 12 years of suffering immediately ended forever. People use the word faith a lot, especially in church. And I think we sometimes misunderstand what it means. I've heard people use, I grew up in church. I think I've, I've heard people use faith as if it's something you can use to beat God up until he does what you want him to. Really? If you've got a God you can beat up, you need a bigger God. 
because it isn't the God that created the universe. It isn't the God of the Bible. It isn't the God who's the, who came as one of us to live. This is not the God that became Jesus. Faith in Christian terms means believing that the living God entrusted his authority to Jesus himself, that gave him Jesus himself the power, uh, and it, that Jesus is now exercising it to change the world, to bring heaven to earth. Faith is believing that everything that God can do, Jesus can do and is doing for us. We may never have any idea how this woman concluded that if she all she needed to do was just one touch of his cloak. But somehow she knew. And she went for it. And she heard Jesus say, Have courage. Through faith. Jesus told them to. And when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and gently took her by the hand. And the girl got up. And the news of this spread throughout the region. Her father asked for just one touch. And that's all it took. So, in the backstory, I told you there were two kinds of people that the, there are two kinds of situations that were top of the list for folks who were uh, wanting to be clean, stay clean or to avoid you avoided dead bodies and women who were bleeding so the question is how does Jesus deal with two people who would would have supposedly made him unclean breaks the rules. Oh, he's already breaking, breaking the rules by going to have dinner with the tax collectors and sinners, but Jesus touches them. And for one, her bleeding stops. And for the other, her breathing starts and her heart beats again. <clears throat> Instead of them making him unclean, he makes them clean. They don't change Jesus. Jesus changes them with just one touch. So, by the way, that's a sermon in a sentence this morning. Just one touch from King Jesus changes everything. Just one touch from Jesus. King Jesus changes everything. So I wonder. What wounds in your life have been bleeding for years without hope of healing?
does it seem that your heart has stopped beating? Here's the good news. Just one touch from King Jesus changes everything. Your wounds will heal. Your heart will beat with faith, hope, and love. Just one touch from King Jesus changes everything. Have courage, child of God. Your faith makes you whole. Just one touch from King Jesus changes everything. <clears throat> you are a deeply loved child of God. Your faith makes you whole. Just one touch from King Jesus changes everything. We don't know how you convinced a father that all it's going to take is one touch from you to raise his daughter from the dead. We don't know what convinced this woman that just one touch would stop her bleeding and heal her body. <clears throat> but I think there's some of us who need to be convinced today. We're 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 not ready for the touch yet. We're, we're a couple of steps back. We need to be convinced that your touch is what we need. The 
I don't know how your spirit moves convincing us of these things. But help us have the courage to say, I'm willing to be convinced. Spirit, help us to be willing to let you do what you need to do in each of us. We don't know how, you'll do what you do. Because you're the only one who can. us to be willing to be willing. <coughs> Just one touch is all it takes and it comes from Jesus. Here we go, in peace.